1: what is up calgary sports fans this is danny austin you are tuning in to the very first episode of the live from the 55 podcast here on the nation network this is exciting um this is my first time hosting my own podcast for those of you who are not aware of who i am um i have been covering for post media that the calgary stampeders for the last seven years since the 2016 season I also cover the Calgary Flames, but this is going to be a Canadian football podcast Um, here on the Nation Network. This is a new thing for all of us. We're all uh, pretty excited about it, I think, and I'm hoping you guys are too. Um, So basically, I'm going to start off here. Today, we are going to have former Stampeders offensive lineman. That feels really weird to say, but Derek Dennis, who was released um, about a week ago at the end of training camp, Uh, he is going to be on here in about 7 or 8 minutes to to chat about sort of what happened, what's next. Um the whole thing it's uh it I think it came as a lot of a, a real big surprise for a lot of people to see Derek not be part of this 2023 team. Uh yes, he's a an older player, an older guy. Yes, he had a serious injury last year, but he's been such a huge part of this organization here in Calgary and honestly, I mean, he'd been relatively open. I think most of us expected this to be his last season, but he put in a lot of work to recover from that broken leg. Um now he's not part of the team. I want to know what happened from his perspective. Um, I, I, I want to know how he's doing because he's a guy I've known since 2016, as I said. So he will be coming up here really, really shortly. After that, we are going to have Solomon and Balgy from TSN who's been doing a really, really good job um, all training camp. This is really the most time I've sp- seen him spend covering the Stampeders, and I'm excited to talk to him because uh, he's an important piece of our sort of Calgary com- media community and seeing him invest so much time and energy and and, and just, you know, um, so much of his professional life right now to the Stampeders is awesome. It's good for the team. Um, oh my God, my mom is facetiming me. Perfect uh, start to the show. All right, she knows I'm recording. I told her not to. Um, you know we're gonna have we're gonna have some, some ups and downs here, but um, that's just one of them. I will get mad at my mom later. Um, well, let's talk about the show. Let's talk about the dream. Let's talk about um what brought this together. Obviously, here at the Nation Network, they've been. All over the flames um, for a really long time. You've got the barn burner. Uh, you've got it's just a game with Rob Kerr. You've got um, you know just this real variety of, of hockey coverage and of sports coverage in general. But I do think that we all feel that you know the Stampeders have a huge audience. The Stampeders have a lot of people who are following them closely, um, who care about the team and have cared about the team for decades, really. And um, I love the job that the guys at QR do. Um, there's there's a lot of you know a lot of good people covering the the team in the league, but I think when it comes to the CFL, and it's been a frustration of mine. I don't think like I look down at the NFL and I just see the amount of daily content, of daily talk, of daily debate that's going on every single day around that league, whether it's off season or whether it's you know Super Bowl or the middle of the regular season, and and I, I just don't see that right now. Um, here and there are good podcasts. There are good radio. Um host, there there are a ton of people creating content, but I, I think we need more. And I think we need more here in Calgary. And the reality is I love covering the stamps. I mean, yes, I cover the flames. Um, I also love covering the flames. I love covering sports, but the stamps is my professional home. Um it's where I sort of would say that I got my big break. It's where I on some level made a name for myself. Um and I've loved I've loved covering them and I I I wanna help Stampeders fans get sort of the content that they need to engage in the way that that they need to really really love their team and know their team and you know i talk to people around town and because there is so much player turnover in the cfl um it often feels for fans like they may not know the players if you didn't pay attention or didn't go to games last year you may not be really know who jake mayer is or who malik henry is or who mike rose is and i think that's a problem and as someone who wants to continue covering this league and have this league be healthy and have a big audience, I think it's important that, you know, people have the full story and people get to engage in conversation and also that people get to know the players. So I, I, I think that that's sort of what we're seeing, what what I'm seeing as being an opportunity and, and not necessarily a hole in the market or anything like that, but a, a place that. We can come in here with live from the 55 which admittedly like i don't think we're really going to go live so i'll be honest with you it's i ryan ballantyne came up with the name and um i sort of laughed so we just all have to acknowledge off the top that this we are not going to be going live uh, at least for now but i love the name and uh you know i think that canadian football matters and it matters to me and i i i just think that we have a chance here to through some of my contacts around the league, um, just through the amount of time that I spend because of my my main job covering the Stampeders for, for the Sun and the Herald. I I I think that this can be fun and this can we can get back a little bit to doing what I saw when I started covering it, which was just people talking about the CFL and people having fun with it. And it doesn't all need to be, you know, fights, it doesn't all need to be debates. Sometimes it could just be. People chatting about what they love about the league and, you know, about what they're expecting from a game coming up and, you know, what they're expecting from the Stampeders season. So that's what we're going to try to do today. Um, And we're going to try to do going forward. I think that the plan for the next couple of weeks, just so that everyone understands, we are basically going to try to do a preview of, of of the Stampeders game coming up. Um, They play, thursdays for the next two weeks so we're gonna drop these on thursday mornings and then we're kind of gonna wrap up the weekend and that may you know be very Peter's focus that may be very Peter's focus with a look around the league because i you know ultimately there's only four games every weekend sometimes three like it's not like we can't talk about the rest of the league we we, we certainly do have time and it matters and it is fun and you know i love watching the bombers i'm fascinated by the riders i honestly think that the edmonton elk should be much better this year and i have no idea what to expect from the bc lions um that's not a team that i have any understanding of um so i'm looking forward to seeing them playing calgary uh here at mcmahon stadium tomorrow um i honestly that that lions team last year I still sort of can't believe on some level that they didn't win the Grey Cup because it just felt like they were destined to win it with Nathan Rourke for the entire season. And then they looked so good against the Stamps in the West semifinal. But now you don't have Nathan Rourke. You have Vernon Adams Jr., who I think is a guy a lot of us feel we have a pretty good idea of who he is. And I think we think he's a good quarterback. Or I think he's a good quarterback. I maybe don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's necessarily a guy you can win a Grey Cup with. Um but when you've got guys like Dominic Grimes, like Lucky Whitehead, um, you know he's going to have the weapons to find um, receivers downfield. I, I think that they've got a pretty decent O-line over there in BC. And I think that right now we still haven't seen what the Stampeders team is. And I think it's what – you know. I don't know how much we're going to talk about it with Derek, um, but I, I do know when Solemn's here, that's one of the things we want to break down is – I don't necessarily know. I look at this defensive backfield. I mean, the Stamps released their depth chart, and I don't want to get too into it because Derek should be joining us um, any second. But I look at the defensive backfield. I look at Trey Roberson and Jonathan Moxie over on the boundary side. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's a team um, with a better sort of duo than those two um, at the boundary side. I think Trey had a season cut really, like, it was really unfortunate that it got cut last, short last season by a, an injury. But if you looked at him, with the exception of one game against Winnipeg where he got kind of outjumped by Carlton Agadosi, But other than that, I mean, he was exceptional. It's just that the interceptions weren't there. I think Jonathan Moxie was an all-star rightfully last year. Um, you just go across this depth chart and that defensive backfield is really strong. They've got guys who are a combination of veterans and then young players who got experience last year, got time in the lineup. Um there were weird injuries for the Stampeders last year. So I, I I think that this is a group that has that combination of youth and experience, but also that youth is more experienced than I think we're maybe giving them credit for. And I think that's exciting. You look at the linebackers right now, Cam Judge, um, in my opinion, the best league weak side linebacker in the league was just exceptional in year one. I know he's taking on a bigger leadership role. And right now it's Micah Awe with a little bit of Silas Stewart um at middle linebacker. So, um I, I'm really excited to see how that plays out. I, I don't think you can expect anyone to just come in and, and, and replicate what Jameer Thurman did. But um, Mike always played. He's been good. You got Titus Wall at, at the same right next to him. I mean, that Mike Mike Awey has been around the league for four or five years for a reason. Yes, he's bounced around. No, we are not expecting Jameer Thurman type leadership right off the bat or anything like that but I, I i think that that was an area where a lot of people were concerned and i'm not sure that we should be derek buddy how you doing i'm good danny how you doing man i'm good man are you you still here in calgary right now uh uh-huh, no nah, i'm in arizona did you cool
2: yeah yeah um
1: so i gotta ask you said you're good man but this is uh i know a lot of stamps fans have been uh have been sort of devastated to see, <laughs> see what happened me included yeah so so, are you doing all right? I mean, has the shock worn off a little bit yet?
2: 50 uh, fifty-fifty, I would say. I don't know, I'm i still kind of like, I wake up in the morning. I'm still kind of like, man, what happened? Like, I, like it's just, it's kind of unreal. I mean, I felt my my exit from Calgary would have been a little different than that, but you never know what's gonna happen. So, just kind of just trying to pick up the pieces and and move on with life from there.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna ask straight up. I mean, I, I do wanna actually ask you a little bit about sort of how it played out and what happened, but are you are are you gonna con- continue playing football?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean I'm hoping uh we'll see how these first round of the games go, you know, see how things play out. Um and yeah, just go from there. I mean, right normally after camp everybody's kinda of set on what they wanna look like. It's gonna take maybe a week or two before teams start to see if they want to go in a different direction or if they need reinforcement, somebody gets hurt, you know, type of thing. So that's just kind of what the situation is for me right now. I just, I got to play it by air, man. It's not like, you know, somebody could bring me in tomorrow, which I, you know, every football player hopes, but I guess a guy of my caliber, a guy of my resume, and especially with a position like the offensive line, where majority of the spots are going to be, canadian guys it's it's not like a you know a given like okay hey we can bring them in and kind of plug them in here type of thing so um you know maybe the fact that i maybe have that uh that designated american status in the league because i'm over a six-year vet so maybe that might be partially saving grace but again too everybody's kind of figure out how that works with percentage of snaps and all that other stuff so i mean who knows how things are going to play out
1: yeah, I mean, you were an all-star last year, though. Like, that's that's my thing. Is like, I, I mean, I honestly, I've covered you since basically 2016, so I have that thing where like I'm personally just disappointed for you. Like, it's a little bit different. I mean, you see guys get cut every year, but then you get to yeah. know a guy and they've been good to you, and um, yeah. so it's been. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm really disappointed to not have you around, but like, I do. I mean, it, I feel like you it don't. I, have to. I, I feel like you don't have to do much to sell yourself to teams who might be you know looking for for an offensive lineman.
2: I mean I, I mean, I guess everybody's going to have questions about, you know, injury. And, I mean, I guess the natural question is, oh, maybe he hasn't recovered from his injury. Maybe he's not the same. But, I mean, I posted some clips. I mean, I think everybody saw me in preseason one. I don't think I looked um, like I lost a step or I looked any different than I normally have. So, um, and normally, you know, I'm not. I'm not exhausted, you know, a guy with my stats like, you know, do you expect Stanley Bryant to go out there in preseason to play like M O L or, you know, beginning of the season? Like that's just I'm a vet, man. I'm gonna ease my way into the process and kinda go from there. So I mean, the fact to feel like I had to show up to camp and compete for a spot after the year I had last year and my resume is just it's kinda weird, but I mean, I don't I don't it's not my team. I don't call the shots, you know. It was a surprise just to me, but it was a surprise to everybody. I mean, yeah. it was guys in the locker room talking to me like I was going to be there the next day. This just kind of just it just kind of went that way. So
1: was it communicated to you in advance? Like, were you sort of aware of, of where you stood with the team?
2: Yeah, I was given an idea maybe a couple of days before that second preseason game. Um, but I, what I was told was I just had to wait and see how things went in the preseason game. Um I didn't get the opportunity to go play in a preseason game and probably show maybe if I was, you know, good or anything like that. So, I mean, honestly, it was just weird how everything kind of played out. I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been a – I have a theory on why things went the way it went, but it's only a theory. I mean, I don't know. Nobody's kind of, kind of saying this is why or this is the direction, you know. You can only kind of piece things together how you think it is. So, um, to be a guy of my status and I have a fair shot to – at least show if I possibly lost a step, you know, and once the season started or something like that, you would think I would be given the grace to go out there and see if it was truly, uh, you know, he lost a step. He's not playing as well. I mean, a lot of people said that about Stanley last year, and he still was the MOL. So I don't understand <laughs> kind of, you know, what was the thought process? So uh, what was the moving forward or whatever the case may be? I mean, I can only speculate, but, you know, I, I can't talk for nobody else but myself. So.
1: So just like asking directly, like the leg was fine, for, as far as you could tell, like you
2: it was holding. I night. mean, the, the surgeon who who performed the surgery looked at my ankle and said it, it looks even better than than he expected it to look. Like I'm I'm fully healthy, ankle's strong, it's good. He said, um, you know, he was Dr. Martin who did my surgery in Calgary. He was he was ecstatic about the way my ankle looked. So I don't think it was it was it had nothing to do with hurt or not recovering or whatever the case may be. Um, I think it was something else, but again, like I said, that's only speculation.
1: Yeah, and I don't want you to. I, I'm I'm not gonna try to go to you into speculating and get you into any trouble. There's no need for that. Um, yeah. Does it? Does it? Does the way this has played out? I mean, I know it's pretty fresh and pretty raw, but like, does this? Like, do you still feel like you have a decent relationship with the Calgary Stampeders in the, in the end?
2: I mean, with the players, yeah, for sure. Front office, uh, probably not. I mean, the yeah. last words that was told to me was take care. So, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming whatever bridges was there is probably burned. Um, you know, I don't hold grudges. Again, like I said verbatim, I understand business, nothing personal. So, I mean, who knows what happens down the line. Um, but I guess as far as currently the moment stands, I mean, it's no opportunity for me to ever put on a Calvary Stampede jersey. So, yeah.
1: I mean, you're not the first guy to leave this organization feeling. I mean, I know Charleston Hughes was not particularly pleased with the way it ended for him. Um, I mean, I think that a lot of fans would love to see you back at some point to to say goodbye and, and, and say thank you. Is that something that would, would mean something to you at this point? Because, I mean, so much of your career, you know, the best years of your career were, were spent here.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was hoping the season was going to be my opportunity to kind of say goodbye to everybody. And I, I made it a point when I finally – they finally told me what the situation was and that it was, you know, it's time for me to move on or whatever the case may be. I tried to reach out to as many people as I possibly could to say, hey, you know, thank you. I appreciate you. You know, you made my time here. Great. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the relationship the bond that we spend, And I hope, you know, hopefully years down the line, we can continue that going. Like I'm I've always considered myself a personable person. Like I, I feel yeah. like people once you get a chance to know me, um, I mean, I've never heard anybody say anything negative about me who, who actually knew me. In the sense, who actually had conversations with me and knew me and got a chance to understand me, so um, that's just that's just what it is, man. I still kind of said thank you to everybody. You know, I told all the guys. I hugged as many guys as I could. I told them good luck. I'm praying for them. I hope they do well. You know, a lot of guys was you know kind of sad. You know, it was just it was it was and everything happened kind of so quick. Um, Even so, like even when I knew what the you know what it was for me, you know, I couldn't go in the building and kind of face the music. You know, it was it was just it was really awkward for me in a sense because I tried to do the right thing in a sense of, you know, show some loyalty and finish things out where, where it started and kind of do it that way. And, you know, was just powers that be decided that, you know, they was going to send me off earlier than normal. So that's just kind of what it is right now.
1: Yeah. And I just do want to back you up on, on one thing you said there a little bit in terms of like, you know, the effort you put out as a, as a person. I mean, I don't know many offensive linemen who are like, like one of the biggest stars on their team and like you have been that. And I know that that's because of the relationship you had with fans and the relationships you built in the community. And like, I was always really impressed by it. And like, I I do think you deserve a lot of credit for that beyond what you did um, on the field, which is why I think, I mean, I honestly guys get cut every year. And, And the outpouring I saw on social media, I'm sure you saw it. I'm sure it meant something to you seeing stamps fans and to be honest, fans from across the league sort of just disappointed on your behalf.
2: Yeah, man. Honestly, a lot of the messages I was getting, especially from people on Twitter, kind of made me shed a tear. I'll be honest. Like I was I was like a little choked up about it because, you know, sometimes as a player, when you when you're in it and you're doing things and you're kind of just focused on trying to be the best player you could be and staying healthy and kind of going through things. And, you know, even when I got hurt uh, last season, like, you know, sometimes that that piece of doubt creeps in your mind, like, oh, could this be it? You know, am I going to get another shot or. Know whatever the case may be, man. But honestly, you don't understand the impact you have on people until it's kind of like everybody. You know, you know, that age-old adage, man. You don't know what you got till it's gone, type of thing. And it's yeah. just, yeah, man. I just outpouring from fans across the league, and you know, it not, and the crazy part is the amount of love that I get. You know, in DMs and text messages and phone calls that most people don't see is is like astronomical. And it's from people you probably wouldn't think would call my phone to say anything. So. I mean, that's the, the silver lining in it for me in the sense of knowing that, you know, the people who have crossed my path, I, I left a little bit of an impact. That's always been kind of my... I've always kind of considered my legacy more than anything I've done on the field is I've always wanted people if they cross paths with me in any way, shape or form, to kinda of remember it in a positive light and, and that was always that was probably the biggest thing of just people saying, Hey, you know, I talked to you one time at a bar somewhere, somewhere and you were super nice to me and you were respectful and all that type of stuff. Like that's the stuff that I care more about than, you know, wins and losses and accolades and things of that nature. So, um, I wanna play ball. Hopefully I get a chance real soon to go out here and show people that you know, I, I warranted being a top thirty player in the league, even though I wasn't on the team. So, <laughs>
1: how did you react to seeing that? Your TSN, you <laughs> I were laughed.
2: Actually, twenty six? I think were you? I laughed. I should have yeah. been higher, honestly. You told <laughs> me I should have been higher, but um, yeah, man, I laughed because it's weird. It's like I'm the only person in the top thirty who's not on the team right now. And what other leagues do you know to have a guy who's a top twenty, top thirty? I'm, I'm top two O lineman, top three O lineman. Yeah. Top 30 in the league and not have a job somewhere. I mean, that's just.
1: So wait, Lemon was not top 30. Like, cause Lemon didn't... wasn't
2: on the list at all. He wasn't on the list at all. Eh? But that's because what I was told was because he was cut early. And you have to be on an active roster by the time votes is due. So I guess it was the the fact that no one could vote for him type of thing. But okay, which it. is weird, which is weird, man. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, I, it's it's another story for another day. But Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that's crazy. Um, and just, I guess, again, like, I mean, how quickly, if you got a call Monday morning, could you be a, like, you're, you, you got a family, obviously, but you could, you're ready to go. You're ready to play this season.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I haven't unpacked my bags yet, hoping I get a call soon so I could just kind of grab my stuff and go to the airport. So, uh, yeah, like I said, let's, let's see how these first round of games play out. Let's see how teams are looking. Um, I feel like there's a couple of teams who, who could use my services, but again, um, I but think the and st-
1: Hamilton won't stop signing former St. Peter's guys, so I know you're not. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Though, But I
2: just, well, their they, spots <laughs> are kind of full right now. kind of full, so who knows? We got to see how they play. Especially too, Hamilton's probably got one of the most expensive O lines in the league. So, yeah, um, that's 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 probably the only thing that will keep that from going in. And then Toronto is, you know, their their ratio. You know, again, too, a lot of people don't realize you got to take into fact ratio and all that stuff to kind of see how the picture unfolds, right? So um like i said i'm just I'm, I'm gonna be patient for a little bit see how things play out um again like you said i'm a i got a family i got things that i need to you know that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize as athletes is when you're in that athlete world life around you outside that bubble keeps moving and once you get out of that bubble you got to kind of pick up pace and keep up with things outside of that a- athletic world so um just you know like i said i'm just trying to be patient we'll see how this first round of games go let's see if, you know, offensive line looks good in Calgary and whatever the case may be. Man, I, like I said, I still got close relationships with a lot of guys. I've always been that big brother type. Guys can always reach out to me and ask questions, whatever the case may be. I mean, the funny thing in Calgary is they're probably showing them guys tons of tapes of me to show them how to play that position, <laughs> which is weird. So it's like we'll, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out.
1: I know. I'm like I, I'm not trying to get anyone to say anything, and I, I'm going to let you go pretty quick here. But, like, it's crazy to me because – Last year, like at the end of the season, I was like, Why is no one paying attention to this Calgary offensive line? You know, um, like the whole year, you you know, I thought Zach Williams was still underrated. McEwen obviously is not really underrated, everyone knows, but then see no. from good Jones. And I looked at the depth chart today and like I mean, Zach's hurt, but it's like there's only two of those five left right now. It's
2: crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I that's why you to talk bad. That's not what I'm trying to say. No, no, say no, 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 no. That's just that's just pro football, man. You never have the same team every year. You try to have some continuity. Um, Offensive line is one of those positions where continuity and consistency is very paramount in the unit being successful. So the fact that they're essentially kind of trying to start over, um, especially with a, you know, first year starter. I mean, that's a, that's a tough recipe to try to, you know, you know, be, I mean, again, there's great coaches there. There's great, you know, schemes. It's a great culture. Um, But again, you know, uh, I'll use the example of the New England Patriots, man. You saw what happened to them once they lost that core group of guys who was always good for them for a long amount of years, and they tried to replace them, man. It's not as easy as it looks in the pro football game. So, again, like I said, I don't wish ill on nobody. I want to see the guys do well. Um, but, I mean, it's pro football for a reason, man. Sometimes sometimes some some glasses are harder to fill than others. Yeah, and,
1: and finally, I mean, you're going to still be watching CFL games. Um, Absolutely. honestly, Absolutely. I got the show now, and, like, you're – Probably my best guess. So, like, I just want you to come back. Listen, if
2: you ever want me to come do some analysis, some breakdown, whatever the case may be,
1: hey, let's do it. You
2: know, I'm a phone call away, man.
1: I, man, I love it. and I've appreciated you so much. And like, honestly, I'm going to take advantage of that. Like the people listening can do yeah, that. But absolutely. Also, I mean, I want, you on, I want you on the football field, but if you're not for a little while, let's get you on as often as possible because you are much smarter about football than I
2: am. So <laughs> man, I really appreciate, I appreciate you, you
1: Danny. Yeah, both today. And you know, we'll be talking again, so I'm all going to go goodbye, but you know, yeah, I mean,
2: absolutely, yeah. man. You have a good one, man. Thanks buddy. Cheers. <laughs> all
1: right. And we're back. Um, again, I'm Danny, uh, Solemn Valji from TSN. We have you. We have spent the last three minutes trying to figure out how we're supposed to sit because yeah, uh, I am making this up as we, as we go.
3: <laughs> Inspiration um, for future media people everywhere. Yeah. Else, so.
1: I think we sort of decided we're going to look towards each other rather than at the camera because that's awkward. It won't awkward. be
3: too Valentine's Day, but it'll be some Valentine's Stare into Day, my right? eyes, yeah, buddy. Yeah, um, I haven't had that in a while.
1: Solemn, how are you?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I uh, wrote a CFL story just now and got that finished sort of a week one preview from what we learned to, uh, from the players today. Uh, what else? It's a sport over here. Danny finding parking in this area. So, yeah, oh, man. I mean, I was, I was. <laughs> Our Marta Loop studio. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I was definitely uh, in an athletic competition a little bit as well with the Corolla. Uh, okay. But beyond that, no, it's been good. It's a nice hot day um got to chat with rod smith the tsn legend he was in town calling the game oh, that's tomorrow, awesome so it was great to catch up with him and that's pretty much it man just uh, excited for tomorrow and excited for this very moment so
1: yeah man you've been doing a great job like honestly you've you've been at training camp pretty i mean as much as i have for sure pretty much every day and it's been awesome seeing you <laughs> and like um i mean you're such an important part of the, the calgary media scene so it's been oh, amazing um i know you have you know you've written a couple stories yep. um all of which I have very much enjoyed, but uh, the guy I was sort of interested in, you wrote um, about Cole Tucker, yeah, right? Yeah. And that would have been earlier in camp, but mm-hmm. what were your impressions just generally of him? Because I think, you know, he's the first round draft pick mm-hmm. um, yeah, just yeah. to just anyone who's, who hasn't been paying super close attention. Mm-hmm. And like, he is, he blew me away. What a, like, what, what an interesting kid.
3: Yeah, he is. And like, he grew up in, I think the Chicago suburbs, like DeKalb. Uh I did ask him if he grew up like playing hockey and he said, not really. He attended a couple of Blackhawks games, but I think he, like, because he's, I guess, like a naturalized Canadian or however you call it, because his mom is from Manitoba, we were trying to figure that out with Dave Dickinson was trying to explain it in it's, real time. It is um, so
1: much more confusing. Yeah. Well, we'll get, I'll get into that, but let's, yeah. yeah I, like, I'll, I'll get into that in a
3: second because
1: it's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen <laughs> a professional sport. Do. Uh,
3: but yeah, I mean, it <laughs> seems like he could have a role in the offense, right? Like, it's a younger group. He's credited Reggie Begleton. With with kind of being a little bit of a mentor, it looks like he's smaller, so it looks like Rice and John and Luther Hakuna are probably going to be those big outside targets, right? And then Begelton on the inside, but like Clark Barnes has stepped up, so I don't well, know. Clark
1: Barnes like, is yeah. starting. I was yeah. like, um, like <laughs> in general, you have those sort of those you have a Canadian slot back and and a yeah. Canadian wide receiver. Um, and yeah, Clark Barnes is starting. This is their third round draft pick. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Which I I. Did not see coming, and mm-hmm. then Tucker's actually backing up Reggie Bagleton mm-hmm. in, in the American slot back receiving or, or position, which is absolutely like I, that hasn't happened in my time covering right. the team. Yeah, so yeah. it's um, so I mean, I, I I truthfully don't know what that. There's so much that like we're talking before week one, so mm-hmm. it's and like, there's a new
3: quarterback, and we don't know how he's going to handle the workload kind of coming into this season as a starter. Like their expectations now, right? And Jake hasn't really dealt with that in his CFL career.
1: No, it's interesting. I mean, he yeah you've also written about jake and like it's it's talking to him today Mm. um i mean here's what we got from dickinson on yeah on on jake dave was basically like like i have no concerns about jake's leadership i have no concerns about you know who he is as a person we love this guy he's he's our leader he's a guy of the future and he's like but like he hasn't played that many games he has to improve on the field like um and i think that that's That's probably true. And I think it's, we saw last year when he took over from Bo, was signed to an extension. I'll be honest with you, it was the first time I saw fans start turning on him very quickly. Like there is just an yeah, expectation yeah. in a market where you have quarterbacks dating back 30 years that include huh. Doug Flutie, Jeff Garcia, Henry Burris, Bo, Levi Mitchell, Dave Dickinson. I saw Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I hope he's not listening. Um, <laughs> we're like, look, you're expected to be great. And sure, that's, yeah. that is, um, that's a lot of pressure. Now, I think, Jake, you've, you've covered him. You've tied him. I don't think he's particularly fazed by that no, pressure. No, I think he's
3: got a pretty calm demeanor. It doesn't, like, him and Bo are fascinating because they're pretty big contrasts off the field, right? Like like Jake said, it might be been in our sit-downs, but, like, you know when Bo is in a room, even if he's not talking, mm-hmm. and you know when Bo is not in a room. And, and Jake just, it seems like he's he's a lot more even-keeled. And it's interesting because, like, football, like, number one, it's probably got the most diverse cast of personalities of any sports in in north america like hockey players we've talked about a bunch they kind of blend in with the rare exception but they, they like get. how's was okay jake's 26 years old how's a 26 year old lecture or motivate players that are potentially 10 years older than him like that's the most fascinating part to me about all of this so like how do you step into that leadership role that's been vacated by one of the best of all time, one of the top franchise players ever, and a guy that seemed to go, go about himself extremely naturally and mm-hmm. like was a rah-rah guy kind of probably from when he was a kid to Jake, who like how's Jake go about doing that? And Kadim and Reggie and everyone's commended him for that. I'm just curious if they ever like had a camera oh. in the room, how Jake goes about motiva- motivating his teammates that are sometimes older or more experienced and I think
1: he can get up. I yeah. think he brought, I I haven't seen it personally but yeah, i imagine yeah. he can but even like you look at the three players you just named who i'd argue are probably i mean reggie bagleton is also he was one of the four captains yeah, yeah. named today along with Derek wigan and renee paradise and jake mm-hmm. but that's another like reggie is not a, a i wouldn't say a particularly boisterous personality he's yeah, also yeah. like he's a pretty chill guy mm-hmm. um he's very analytical I mean, he's very intelligent and you yeah, get yeah. that from reggie he mm-hmm. he analyzes um i i've covered that guy for, for parts of I think five seasons yeah he's definitely never said anything dumb. <laughs> like he's never like he he'll, he's very honest I love yeah. interviewing him but like if you're expecting any controversy you're not getting it because he's very intelligent yeah and, yeah and won't give it to you and then you look at kadim who is like honestly, and,
3: and outgoing. Like Kadim is the type of player you can build a marketing campaign around. Hundred percent. League, not just the
0: team.
1: Oh yeah, always smiling, yeah. always positive, yeah. bouncing off the walls. Yeah. So I think that's probably part of it. Is that like you spread mm-hmm. out, you spread out the leadership For a sure. bit. Yeah. Um, and then
3: Renee is just the exact opposite. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, Renee is just Renee,
1: and uh, is probably the greatest CFL kicker of all time, yeah. and isn't that worried about it. And then yeah. on defense, I mean, Derek Wigan being named the captain. Derek's a pretty soft-spoken yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Toronto guy um, and I think part of that is well I don't know I think that you need a defensive lineman as your captain and then you mm-hmm. know Vaughters and Hauser haven't been there and right, yeah. I mean make no mistake Mike Rose is one of the leaders of that team like whether he's a captain <laughs> or not I it was always funny for, for years a guy named Brandon Smith who, who yeah. was he was there for what parts of 12 seasons yeah. um absolute just stampede is legend if they ever start putting names back up on the wall yeah, yeah his name will be there he just didn't want to be a captain He just <laughs> didn't, you didn't feel like that was just didn't want he to. As more of a burden, it was like undeniably one of the leaders yeah, yeah. he just didn't really like like oh like, interesting yeah he just like and was like totally good a, a great teammate supportive all of yeah, that yeah. but literally just didn't want to be a captain <laughs> just um, wasn't
3: for him i guess that's yeah. fair right and like the captaincy it's not only or one of the captaincies i guess it's not only in the field on in the room or on the field but it's also like frankly dealing with us after games like like there's a lot of public elements to it and you kind of realize that like i i, I forgot where i read it but like people's number one fear was public speaking and then the next fear was dying like like there's a lot of people that just that that yeah. is not their arena at all and that's not a problem but a lot of this job is super public like jake's probably gonna get over 100 media requests for interviews in the coming months right like throughout yeah. the season and and he's good with media. He's extremely good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So he's, he's good. Like, there aren't that many guys. There are a couple, like, honestly, like, like uh, well, oh, God. I mean, I guess, you know, let no. me, uh, I'll ask you that <laughs> kind of directly. You've done now both. I mean, I, I, I think people sort of generally have an idea, but um, as you're growing into this CFL role in yeah. a real way, I'm um, like, what are, like, what are some of the differences?
3: Some of the differences here, I'm just going to do this. Please do. Um, that was an awkward, um, I, uh, I think one of the, the biggest differences is that I, I think CFL players really kind of all of them feel a certain, not duty, but, but like they, they have like an investment in the league that they, they want this thing to, to be great for the next 50, 60, hundred plus years. And there's sort of a sense of ownership I've found with those, with the most CFL players that maybe doesn't exist with NHL players. The fact that CFL players, like they're a lot more down to earth. They like um, they, they want to get to know us as people. And I, a lot of NHLers do actually like Backland is someone that asks you how your family's doing and, and stuff like that. But CFLers, I think it's on another level. They really value the coverage. They, they look at themselves as sort of ambassadors for this great league and great game. Um I mean, And that's the thing.
1: It's hard not to like, when you talk about this thing, like I know you're not, and I always get nervous about talking about it publicly because yeah. like, I'm not actually trying to knock the NHLers. No, no I'm not either. It's like, just such a different no. ecosystem, it, you know? And, like, and I, I think that from the top down, I mean, I think that mm-hmm. there is probably, you know, I, I, they, the Flames sometimes ask us, hey, what are, what are you planning on asking these players about yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before? And I, I, mm-hmm. I never love that. Yeah. Whereas, like, I know that doesn't happen. With the stamps they're just like it's sent just a out lot there. more
3: it's a lot more like uh they're not as protected yeah, yeah, yeah they're exactly. not as protected
1: and to be honest like i'll agree like not as entitled less
3: guarded for sure
1: yeah and like i i think that look anything that happens in the nhl like the audience is bigger yeah um and i mean we see it like the slightest mm-hmm. misquote you, you say something wrong and it can get yeah, yeah. blown up for sure i mean if you happen to do anything against the Leafs, and I say that as someone who grew up in Toronto as a Leafs fan, like, it will get blown up for weeks.
0: For sure, Whereas, yeah. that, that doesn't,
1: I mean, CFL fans on Twitter can be a lot. Yeah. Um, but, in general, like, it's just not the same thing. So, I understand why they're not as guarded. There's a lot of,
3: like, a community feeling among the fans, too, in the CFL, where you see that with the pregame tailgating and kind of everyone is asking like you like while you're walking like hey do you want to grab like a drink or like a hot dog or stuff like like that i I can't grab
1: drinks before games but neither can i but it's
3: (laughs) it's the thought that counts
1: nowhere do people offer me drinks more than (laughs) the mcmahon stadium um tailgates and it's just like i wish i wish you guys were at the ship on a saturday like i'd take your free drinks then but i can't do it now
3: (laughs) can um, i cash these in later or yeah or...
1: exactly yeah yeah you give me the money to buy drinks <laughs> later and we're, we're you, like
3: vouchers or <laughs> yeah. trade something trade journalistic <laughs> like, services like, I, don't, so but...
1: sorry, I just want to start bringing vouchers to <laughs> just downtown buyers to, to give to me in solemn before games we that hang out awesome. often
3: enough that would be a pretty um, easy scavenger hunt at the same places too basically it, so it'd
1: be yeah. a pretty easy scavenger hunt. <laughs> it'd be great um also if any of those places want to sponsor the show they're they're welcome to um you don't even need to give me vouchers, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have been enjoying it. Eh? It's been, it's been a fun camp.
3: Yeah, it has been. And I think I feel a little more settled. Like you, you kind of know the lay of the land. Like I came in during that weird COVID season Man. where we weren't allowed to physically be in the same room. As <sighs> it recently. was brutal. Like yeah. watching
1: yeah. football practice, there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, and like, if you're not fully like attuned to how to watch it, like it's yeah. actually a skill that like mm-hmm. I have to develop. It's why I don't particularly like training camp
2: right like, yeah. i like
1: going in and being like "Hey, here's the starters watch the starters yeah, yeah, yeah. okay who's like what's going on was this guy being moved there and all that yeah, you have yeah. to learn to watch it and then like mm-hmm. I, I i sympathize and this isn't a criticism just okay. like when you came in we were stuck in the press box so it's even
3: harder right
1: you you can barely see the players it was impossible yeah like, yeah. The, yeah it was had, impossible like,
3: binoculars and whatnot and then like even getting to know players and stuff like it was all done by zoom i think i had one phone call with dave before i got here um which was great but but yeah it was tough to it's tough to make those inroads and you're right, football is a scheme based sport, it's uh, it's very kind of detail oriented compared to hockey, where it's like a four check, like you can see kind of what's going on, and you can tell there's
1: way more to learn at a football practice yeah, than sure. there is in a hockey
3: practice. To sure. so, be you know, keep all... in mind, keep in mind, we did have Daryl Sutter for the past. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I mean, a, a <laughs> hockey media availability
1: yeah. is like is, is something else you can learn. Things. I'm just saying that literally yeah. watching a hockey practice, other for than sure, the lines, yeah. you don't typically learn a ton.
3: Yeah, they tend to do most of that strategy work like behind closed doors oh, yeah. and video sessions. You can be like,
1: like oh this team is concerned about their power play. So they're really working on it or yeah, their zone yeah. entry. So they're working on that. Yeah. It's just like with like football, you're literally like,
3: like a is not on the top. Power exactly. Team. I don't know if we're allowed to say Goudreau anymore, but yeah, I mean,
1: you can say we ever want <laughs> um, but yeah. And I don't know. So I, I'm for me, it's just going into tomorrow's game. Uh, you know, it's so nice to have training camp over and yeah, it's, this is sure. the fun part. Like honestly the football season, like it, the season doesn't just does, uh, the season doesn't start until the season starts. Like, yeah, we know it's a yeah, very yeah. obvious thing, <laughs> but like, we get to see tomorrow what works, what doesn't work, and then see how they adjust. Well, it really
3: and... is like it really is a new chapter, right? Like we don't know what Jake Mayer is when he has this this kind of full season in front of him as the starting quarterback. Like we don't know, like they they don't have Kamar Jordan anymore. You you asked the question, I think, about lacking Thurman and and Jordan and oh. other big time vets. Like we, this really is like the start of a new chapter for this franchise.
1: Completely, game, and I've so. said it. Like I'm the player who I am most interested in, um, honestly, in the entire on the entire St. Peter's roster is Trey Odom's Dukes who was stepping into that Kamara Jordan role he's sort of I mean I don't want to say third receiver but if you take Malik Henry and Reggie Bagleton as one two like I love Kamara Jordan he is one of my favorite players to cover Mm -hmm. of all time he's been an absolute class act to me but realistically he had a couple games where there were a bunch of drops last year that Unfortunately, I'm like. Look, a million things happen in a football game. It's not like those drops were directly responsible for the losses. But there was a game in Winnipeg where he had a a drop in the end zone that led to an interception, and that yeah. basically cost him the game. I mean, if Odom Zooks doesn't have to be amazing to maybe be an improvement on some of those specific games, right, so yeah. I I think that if what I'm hearing about his progress and what I'm hearing is about him making himself just sort of available on the field is true, I think that it represents mm-hmm. a, a real step up. Now, I was just talking to Derek Dennis. Yeah. The stamp strength last year was their run game. For sure, yeah. Tomorrow, Derek's obviously no longer with the team. good Jones, he was the right tackle yeah. left, and then Zach Williams also left. I mean, that's three starting offensive linemen from last mm-hmm. year who are not there. So that's critical to the run game, and I'm very curious to see how mm-hmm. that plays out because if the run game is not going, then you need Jake to be superstar Jake. For sure. Yeah. If the run game's going, mm-hmm. then ultimately changes the way defenses play and probably gives jake a little more time um, and a little so you know it's it's fascinating in that regard but i mean i i've just been somehow i'm not invited to a cfl fantasy league this year (laughs) um which like to be fair i hate cfl fantasy and think it's terrible (laughs) um and and never actually enjoy playing it because
2: Mm -hmm.
1: all the good players the second the player has two good weeks in cfo fantasy they're suddenly too expensive <laughs> um so by the yeah. end of this so anyways I don't know if I should be criticizing CFL fantasy here on my first episode, but um Trey odom's Dukes is one of the guys I would pick if I was picking um for the first couple of weeks. I See think so your question,
3: good. but most interesting to me, I actually go with Jamar Wall. Like Dickinson's hinted in the past that he could be kind of in that hybrid DB role. Titus Wall, or, Titus Titus I, Wall should, yes. Excuse me, Titus Wall, yes, understood. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamar used with mistake. the team. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. But yeah. Titus Wall, because Dickinson's mentioned, like he had a really good start to the season. He could have been rookie of the year had he continued. He got injured, but Dickinson's he wouldn't have been.
1: But he would have been number two. Yeah, yeah. Dodson Shown yes. was incredible last yeah. year, and would have, but I would have been a little dick about it the whole season, <laughs> and just would have tried to make it seem a race. Just yeah, under, yeah.
3: But the fact that Dickinson's hinted that he might even be potentially like a like a DB type thing, like mm-hmm. like right. uh, Titus could be really interesting too on that. Oh yeah, I mean
1: that Sam position, you're half a DB, half yeah. a um half a linebacker, and yeah. the truth is like Kobe Williams played a little bit there too. So they're, they're at-, at least
3: Brad Muhammad too. Great.
1: they did release brad Hammond who did not have a great game against the lions uh, in the second preseason game mm-hmm. um i that to be fair was another one that i was surprised about i'm not going to say that i was expecting him to be cut yeah. but i think that the whole story with the stamps dbs is a lot of them got hurt last year like mm-hmm. a lot of them got hurt yeah, yeah. which meant that all these young guys got five to six games yeah. of experience so you look at guys like natrell jamerson who's technically Lights, like a yeah. second year player but you're like oh this guy started
3: like yeah,
1: yeah. six games last year so mm-hmm. they know what they have in him a little bit which meant that a guy like brad muhammad who was not on his sort of rookie his first yeah, yeah. His, his, his contract is more expensive you've got to drastically outplay For sure, those yeah. players um but yeah titus wall is fascinating i mean man he was really really good um he was really, really good. Um, and that's the thing. Like, again, there's there's intrigue everywhere. I mean, yeah. we don't know what Michael always is. No. Um, this guy, DeAndre elsewhere, like yeah,
3: defensive line.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, the D line I'm fascinated by. Um, I was sort of talking about it before we jumped to Derek, but like you know what you have in Rosenwagen, uh, Hauser, really gotta figure out it. i definitely know how to pronounce his last name uh know that i'm on air i've got to do that uh but like and james waters i mean that's a big change from foreign armelade and sean lemon you look at the offensive line we talked about all the chains there it's really the rest well no Here i was about to say the offense is mostly Mm
0: -hmm.
1: similar but then we just talked about clark (laughs) Barnes. we just talked about luther hacking that was i would have put all my money in january on that still being richardson danny and jalen philpot And now Philpott's out what I assume is most of the year. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of change here. And yet, you know, I had Jeff Hamilton on Rob Kerr's show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's be honest. The Bombers are going to be the top team in the West. Let's not be the people who come in and deny that. (laughs) But I look around the West and I'm just like, I'm not convinced by anyone else. So by default, I'm picking the Stamps as number two. And think that if they get hot, they can be number one. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, you work at TSN, so let's be real. <laughs> the dream for, for your sure, employers, yeah, yes, the yes. dream. There is, I mean, maybe just having the riders in is more of a dream because it brings such a huge audience. But Bo versus yeah, the yeah, Stamps yeah, in the Grey Cup is yeah, the dream. Yeah. It's Hamilton, Calgary in Hamilton. That'd be right?
3: epic, hey? Like the mentor versus the mentee, oh, master versus protege, like the epic
1: <laughs> and like. And again, you said, "Oh, like one of the greats." I, I'm one of those people who I don't like. Doug Flutie, prime Doug Flutie, may have been better than prime Billy By Mitchell, mm-hmm. but like, who's the greatest Stampeders quarterback of all time? I only thing I care about is Grey Cups, and there's yeah. only one who won two Grey Cups, and that's Billy By Mitchell. So yeah. I am. I mean, I don't. We got this this jersey from the Brian <laughs> Barnett, which we appreciate. <laughs> we're, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to acknowledge that or not, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna be we're gonna be decorating the set. But we're I'm proud to have Billy By bolivar mitchell's uh jersey on the wall because i think he's an all-time great and i loved what he did for the community yeah but he was he
3: had huge footprints in this city so. yeah but you saw protégé mentor yeah, like
1: yeah. like it's dave dickinson yeah yeah, was that was certainly bo's mentor mm-hmm. bo
3: you know, was henry burris yeah. sprinkled in there exactly yeah, like yeah.
1: it's it's they there's this long lineage and, and these guys are all in it. But I mean, imagine a Calgary Hamilton Grey Cup.
3: That'd be amazing. Like <sighs> that would have such an off-field like across Canada. Like you, you would you would get such a high turnout.
1: It would be you, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It would and be an it's in Hamilton so,
3: ever. Yeah. And now have like the Arkells play like the hometown band. Or, they played know, in
1: 2021, yeah, know, which is the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's it's honestly given how mad I got about the <laughs> CFL not announcing the halftime act last year in like literally November. Um, I think that June is a little too early for right. me to start speculating on Grey Cup halftime act, but mm-hmm. yeah, run the Arkells back. Who cares? I love them, but yeah. That's just... Oh yeah. It's oh right. i I'm not speaking badly of the Arkells, yeah. but like it is, um, ultimately. Yeah, that would be, that's the dream, but I want to win a big Calgary playoff game, which we've just not gotten since 2019. Yeah. Um, a lot. I'm, I'm really excited for this year and, you know, excited to have you around. And it's, yeah, I mean, awesome. it's going to be such a crazy for any of us who, who sort of have our hands in both the Stampeders and the Flames. I think we're expecting also a lot of Flames news over the yeah, next.
3: I mean, a coach, a third of your roster, basically, <laughs> yeah. up for extensions. Yeah.
1: So. But, you know, we managed to get through the last couple of weeks with yeah, being yeah. able to focus solely on the stamps. And that's, yeah. you know, my, I always have they it. Is understanding. They
3: deserve oh, the yeah. attention and the coverage. So And they're
1: getting it. And, like, yeah. honestly, yesterday, like, for reasons that I cannot. Oh, the well, actually, turnout? like It was, it was huge. It was the biggest media yeah. turnout I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm not kidding. That I've yeah. been here since 2016. I've been here before the cuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was the biggest media, media turnout I've ever seen, which is really exciting. Yeah. CTV and Global are there. If you guys are there, um, if certainly we're, we're there, um, yeah. you know, cfl.ca had vicky hall there which is yeah really that's great, right yeah
0: great legend uh, in yeah.
3: this market yeah <laughs> i
1: mean it should be a legend in every market donna spencer mm-hmm. like it, yeah. it's good and i don't know it speaks to me it says that like i am i don't want to leave on a low note but i am expecting and i think that you are the same because we've been around the same conversations i'm not expecting a big crowd tomorrow at McMahon Stadium. Um I'm not going to go as low as 15,000, but I would be shocked if we hit 20,000. Um
3: I think someone said 18,000 would be considered good.
1: Yeah. Now, Thursday night games during the school year are not great. Yeah. Um they're they're never great, but that's I mean it's still it's still very worrisome. But, you know, well, I'm sure I'm going to have jay McNeil on at some point and I, I just have so much respect for the job he's doing, but Yeah. People are going to see that tomorrow. People are going to be, you know, people in other markets are going to make fun of Calgary. People are going to say, like, oh, the death of the stampeders. It's just not true. Like, we're seeing the interest. There are other measures, and, yeah, yeah. and Jay's doing a great job. Um, somehow, we're like the one market without forest fires right now uh-huh. um which i i don't say as a joke like you know hope yeah, everyone yeah. in ottawa and toronto and i mean we Montreal. experienced that a couple of weeks exactly ago, right? hope as everyone's well. doing okay but um yeah. i don't know if you are somehow listening on a thursday morning um a couple hours before the game consider coming out it's gonna be a beautiful night it's gonna be fun we're gonna be there you can give we us vouchers for uh oh yeah you'll be wearing a suit i will <laughs> not um <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna wear. <laughs>
3: Honestly. Is that a big thing for you? Like pre like pre-homo. Like you kind of own the Stampier's press box, right? <laughs> I'm so, so annoying in the press box. But but um. like so what like I I know I put probably far too much thought into my wardrobe choices on big days. What about you, Danny?
1: I used to wear suits for every game. Uh because I was a, you know, I don't want to say dressed for the job you but I don't know, I was like yeah, just, yeah. just wear seats every game. Um then I gained a little bit of weight and a couple of my seats don't really fit. So <laughs> that's, um so that's so that up. Then COVID happened. Yeah, um yeah. and I like I basically during COVID invested like I spent way too much money like thousands more than i should have on like active wear primarily <laughs> by this company reigning Champ. so like now i just have a lot of like they're not even like they're nice like they're cool t-shirts but yeah, like yeah. i just have a lot of really plain mono t-shirts so i gotta yeah. figure out i got like you know this is a gift from a buddy, but I, I like this, except it actually has holes in it. You can't see it on the stream. <laughs> um it's sort of below, but like this is not a I can't wear this on a date. So I don't think I get right, yeah, it. Yeah. So I gotta figure it out, man. I may have to go back to just like I got I got some decent like slacks and a dress shirt. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: I don't know. The problem is that I eat a ton of popcorn in the press box. It <laughs> gets all greasy on my hands. I know. I know. And then I we're supposed to have halftime pizza, although we didn't for
2: the first three season game. Oh
1: i know i don't know that the Stampeders staff have time to listen to this before (laughs) the game but if you made it this far which is 55 (laughs) minutes into a podcast that is not supposed to be much more than 55 minutes so we're gonna wrap up pretty shortly here but um yeah i just i don't know like you i don't need to wear a suit
3: (laughs) no one expects that of me you do you
1: i know i'm taking my glasses off for the podcast Mm um yeah i think if i just go like this golf shirt and slacks yeah 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 yeah. I look sharp. And I look I'm, solid. And you know, I'm the worst in the press box. <laughs> I love it though. Flames it's press like... box. Like I swear to God. I'm I'm looking at our producers right now for those wondering. But um flames press oh. box, I'm like completely professional. St. Peter's press box, I just complain about everything. Like I literally, <laughs> like it's not like I act like I own the place, it's like I do own the place. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm the worst. So um, so yeah, hopefully we get pizza because that's yeah. an appropriate way to treat me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But you're gonna yeah, be on the be sideline. Fun. It's gonna be hot. Wearing a suit is a is a.
3: Yeah, I know. I hey, know. they have to. I have a couple of like sweat repellent dress shirts, but I feel like that's kind of an area of growth for the men's fashion world. If any <laughs> any fashion designers are listening, but it'll be great. Like I get to learn from Farhan, who's obviously oh, the Farhan. Nice. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, it'll be great. Like that CFL sideline reporting. It's it, it it's intricate. It's a lot more intricate, I think, than, oh, it's than People kind of see it like everything like once you are immersed in it you realize like this is not easy this is not yeah there's you know,
1: very so. strict like times yeah, st- yeah, yeah yeah there's
3: a lot going on there and it's interesting because like i've i've shouted a few people now but it's like weird how you kind of lose track of the actual game when you're walking and when you're kind of in in it on the sidelines you kind of lose track of sometimes the score or like sometimes like like those big parts of the game because like i'm watching people that are a lot more veteran than me so i'm taking notes mentally like it's it's wild how you kind of lose track of the actual game like when you're yeah it's fascinating to me yeah. man it's i different. honestly
1: i find sideline reporting to be terrifying i mean perfectly
3: <laughs> I, I find live
1: tv to be terrifying <laughs> in general bad, um well you're a pro so um <laughs> okay. i think we should probably wrap here this is the first episode man i'm pumped that you were here with me dude first episode of live yeah. from the 55 um we're gonna be doing this twice a week going forward um again this drops thursday next thursday we will also drop it then it'll probably move to a friday schedule but we gotta figure we gotta figure that out um i will be recording on sunday as well for a monday drop but uh i don't know we're as far as i know uh we're everywhere you get your podcasts uh as well as we're gonna be putting this up on youtube so um i do want to first of all thank Solomon valgie and, and and secondly derek dennis who was kind enough to share his time and um thanks for listening guys we're gonna We're going to keep doing this. Share it with your friends. Click like and subscribe. I think that's what podcast hosts say. Um, So, yeah, producers just being like giving me either a thumbs up or we don't know. Um, Guys, I'm Danny Austin. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Cheers.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer.